What's up, Debbie peoples? It's EK back with another episode of the Debbie Dose. Kyle and I are back at it again. We're gonna we're gonna start hitting the big board hard as we get into the mid days of the summer here and try to get our conference previews wrapped up. Get you everything you need for for the, the last year supplemental drafts and for your CFF drafts. So I'm fired up today. We're doing the Pac-12. Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm excited. There, there's not much time left until we get to football season. So uh, let's knock out a big one here with the Pac-12. Plenty of talent, plenty of plenty of points going up in this league, especially through the air. Should be fun to talk about. Yeah, I think um, our dilemmas changed a little bit as we get into the P5. And the earlier ones, it's kind of like scraping through the G5 guys, trying to find just a shred of Debbie talent. Obviously, tons of CFF talent. And now we're kind of on the other end of it. It's just like Debbie talent galore in these conferences, guys you want for CFF. And it's more like we're like, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? That we have to like sift through and, and try to make it comprehensible to, to you uh, sitting on the other side of the camera here. So we're going we're gonna to fire right into it. We're going to go by school this time. We think that might be a little better workflow instead of just firing off like 20, 30 wide receivers to you at a time. <laughs> So, uh, you know, trying to make this a little more palatable, a little more entertaining. Uh, although Kyle and I bickering, always fun. Always fun. Yeah. That's what I'm here <laughs> so for. My, yes, we're the, yeah, you're here for your, 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 your sharp wit and your sparkling personality, my friend. <laughs> uh, so my, my first school was, uh, was Utah. Right, we're going to look at Utah. Yeah, right. Utah has a lot of returning talent, obviously. The big departure is Dalton Kincaid at tight end. Uh, a little bit of other fluctuation, but really, he's he's the guy I care about for, for fantasy football. It's not around quarterback. Thomas was done as well. Yeah, it wasn't really Which useful. wasn't last year. wasn't useful last year, but yeah, if you're still before. if you're still living in 2021, <laughs> yeah. Thomas is no longer a Ute. I'm sure some people got burned on him uh, in 2021. Fantasy drafts because he was going yeah fourth fifth round he's going pretty high, um, so returning um, obviously Cam Rising Cam Rising was a, a useful CFF quarterback twenty two point seven five points per game probably a late draft pick in the NFL right I see him going in the range of the uh, you know the Stetson Bennett's of the world I mean he's a kid that can play some football but what I, you think Stetson Bennett's somehow better than Cam no Rising? I love Cam Rising. Uh, yeah, but he's still not like a day one or day two guy. I think he can be. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, he definitely has like the mobility. He has playmaking ability. He's like just, he's like Zach Wilson esque in the way that like some of the like factors are there and obvious now. And when we look back next year, we might be like, oh, why did we not see this? I just feel like. Zach Wilson made the world fall in love with him because of the arm talent, because of some just the cannon, the off-platform stuff, um, and really made some some throws in high-profile games. I feel like Cam Rising's had plenty of exposure on the national stage, and I just don't think he's impressed with the arm that much. That's where nobody I think- stays up for Utah games, other than that Dude, Florida game that-, that he he choked, but. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I mean, he was in the they won freaking championship, the Pac-12 this year, right? Like, plenty of people watch that. Plenty of people watch that because people thought that uh, um, the Frogs were going to be. Yeah, Caleb. Yeah, and then 
you know, too, I think people were watching because TCU and the champion, you know, in the uh, playoffs and, and so on and so forth. So um, a couple people I care a lot about in the supplementals from Utah. First one, and this isn't, you know, if you've done a few supplementals, you know this name, Shaquindon Jackson. And he went off uh, towards the end of the year last year. Jackson was recruited as a quarterback, not at Utah either. Where was his first stop? It was SEC or something. Um Transfer to Utah, backed up rising, uh, I think, at the beginning of last year and in the spring, and then got converted to a running back during the season last year. Didn't really play the position until the back back half of the season, but had over 80 yards in four of his last six games, ran for 6.8 a clip. Uh, didn't catch balls last year, but they did throw to him in the spring game, which is really exciting. I mean, this kid's 6'2", 230. If he can put it together, like, he is an NFL guy, for sure. It was you, Texas. You just, You're a year early um, on the SEC call. Yeah, right, right. I wanted to say Texas first, and then I was like, did they have Rushon Johnson do the same thing? But apparently that's how you go to the NFL as a running back. Now. Recruited to Texas as a quarterback. Um, yeah, you get anything. So, on, so when is Malik Murphy switching? Um, I, I next year, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to Quinton a lot. I mean, that size is uh interesting, like Derrick Henry esque, you know. Um, yeah, not many running backs make it at 6'2, but if you're like that huge in terms of you know muscle mass, you can make it work. Um, wow. I mean, that's a call. What over Jonty and Frank Gore? Like, I think those guys barely make the league. I think Jackson can be around three. mm -hmm. Would you put him behind Gore? No, I'd only put him behind Jonty. The thing is, Jonty's like played a little bit at at a a G five level. So yeah, we think he's got the talent, but uh, it's a step up from G five to to Pac twelve. I mean, it's not the strongest P five conference, but. Jaquindon's done more against better defenses right now, to me. I don't think he stays there very long. I think we'll probably bump him down in a couple of minutes. <laughs> okay. I, I, I have GT7 spots above in mine, personal. Okay. Well, sell me on it. Why Why is GT should go ahead of Jaquindon Jackson? GT couldn't get recruited to the P5. Bull. <laughs> Bull, first he, of all. He got Second some all, offers, um, right? Yes. Um, like 6-2 at a running back? Like, how how many running backs in the NFL are 6-2? Like one? Yeah. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. I feel like Connor's a little bit tall. Um, God, isn't um, Sharp? And is he Derrick Henry? <laughs> I, I don't know, but he could be. I think he's pretty fast. So, all right, all right. To make you happy, we will put him. We will put him behind John D for now, until after the show. At which point, I'll put him above him. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't want to spend too much time on DeQuindon. I love him. Uh, he goes in the third round supplementals. I take him there pretty much every time if I can. Um, you know, if Benson's gone. Um, you know, he's pretty much my next like uh, vet running back that I'm hitting. Um, are you are you trying to target him in supplementals, Kyle, or no? Oh, uh, yeah, but I never actually get him. Yeah. I try to wait till like the end of the third, and it just never happens. Yeah, yeah. Really, rarely have I seen him fall past that, at least not when I had picks. Uh, I think the other guy that's worth talking about, about running back here, I mean, there's 
there's like two names there. There's one, there's the kid that they made play safety last year that got torched by JSN or two years ago. He's an athlete, but I don't think he's like any real talent at running back. He's not even the direct backup. He's their satellite guy. I'm not going to think too much about him. Jalen Glover, I think, is probably the guy that takes the role over next year unless they bring in some crazy transfers. So I think he's a guy that's on waivers that maybe you look at picking up later in the season uh, with that, you know, thinking about 2024 in mind. Um, so a couple of the guys to talk about Utah. Uh, I guess I just want to go in order of position. So wide receiver, they've traditionally had nothing. Uh, there's this kid that's a, a, a true freshman, came in as a three-star, Mikey Matthews, and got a ton of hype in the spring game. Seven for 59, but not just that, just like other mentions of beats from him, like throughout the spring, 5'10", 185. I, I think he's a slot guy. He could be, you know, a smaller, like a, you know, like a, a, a Z or something. But uh, I, I don't know. It's worth um, noting, right, if he does break out there. Obviously, they lose a ton of uh, – production from Kincaid. Yes, Brent Cuthy, who we'll talk about next, will fill most of that, but there's room for someone else there, I think, if they decide to throw it a little more. The only guy it's worth talking about, but not much to me, is Micah Pittman, who is their biggest, their highest profile transfer in in the portal. He was a four-star guy at Florida State, was in the rotation there, always. Never really, you know, seized the, the, the wide receiver one role there, so I don't expect him to be anything to write about here but you know maybe be aware maybe he does go off maybe he takes a step and uh you know does something uh brant Cuthy, 16.77 points a game in a committee with kincaid the year before he was even better before kincaid really had his ascent i mean he's a, a top five tight end in cff he's an nfl guy although he is more of a tweener so i don't know if he goes like round one round two he could be a little bit later, but uh, certainly a guy that, that's capable of producing at the next level. And I also think it's worth talking about Thomas Yasmin, who's the next guy up at the position. And Utah is going to use two tight ends. This might be a guy that you can snag late if you need someone for a little bit of production in your CTC, in your CFF. Uh, might be a guy to keep an eye on, particularly if Kuthi gets nicked up, which he often has. Yasmin could be in for a really big workload. Um, where are you at on these guys, Kyle? Anything to add here? Any, I mean, Kuthi's are our tight end one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, the wide receiver you're missing is Devon Vele, V-E-L-E. I assume that's pronounced Vele. Um, oh yeah. He's returning, right? Yeah. Returning last year. He was second on the team in receptions and receiving yards of 55 for 695 and five touchdowns. Um, I think he'll be the one. He's a former walk-on, but he's like a fourth or fifth year senior now. So he's been around the program. He's proved his worth. They'll they'll likely trust him going into this year and he'll um, probably won't be incredibly CFF relevant, but like a bi-week fill-in maybe. So right, what do you do with him uh, he's not a Debbie guy. What do you do with him in CFF? I mean, I don't – he's, like, at the bottom of this, right? Like, Shropshire, obviously, I'd prefer. Jaylen, like, he goes in, like, the Cyrus Allen lane below that, right? I'd rather have Cyrus it? Allen. Yeah, yeah. But after that, it's kind of, like, a, a lot of whatever, like, a lot of just, like, dart throws. 
So mm-hmm. I can see him going anywhere in there. He's like 6'5", 210, so you could talk yourself into him being the next Kincaid. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could happen, right? <laughs> but um, but so, is Kincaid's point total worth it at wide receiver rather than tight end? Yeah, dude, he was like, well, I guess even without the without the premium, he's probably a 10, 12-point-a-game player. But uh, I don't know. How do you spell the guy's name? You want to put him in here whenever you sure. get a minute? I don't really – I'm not really worried about it. Um, I think Yasmin – goes in the middle here and our CFF tight ends because if anything does happen to uh, yeah more of a CFF dynasty play than a CFF redraft play yeah although yeah yeah I mean yeah you're not drafting him high but if you need a tight end and you're in C to C and there's no one out there he might be a a guy to get Uh, so the Mikey kid it's a little bit interesting to me, but he's probably not a big CFF guy. He's probably more of a C to C guy at this point. Um, but yeah, I, like I'm a, not re- also like a more of a dynasty guy than a redraft guy. Yeah. I mean, you just can't expect a ton from a freshman. Yeah, exactly. And I'm putting him like below most of the like CFF only guys in Debbie. I think Jordan Hudson. Maybe put him above that. This isn't a guy that gets drafted in supplementals. I mean, I think that I'm the only guy on the planet that's paying any attention to him that lives outside of Utah. Uh, all right, where does Rising go for CFF? Did you stick him in somewhere? No, I put him at one at Devi, but... Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'd put him in the Basilac range. Maybe I'd go him. higher than that. Was he not like uh, a top... 15 option last year? It's 22 points a game, so I don't know what that translates into. Less than Preston Stone, I would guess. Maybe above Casey Thompson? Above Preston Stone? I, he's safer I, than Preston Stone. Yeah, I mean, the SMU system just is gold, though. Yeah, throw him in there. Throw him above Preston Stone. I can't get I higher than that, can you? Above you can put him ahead of McCall with Chadwell gone. Yeah. Isn't that like the same system, though? I thought it was one of Chadwell's assistants that took over. But is it the same? Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think th- I think that's a tier. You know what I mean? If we were gonna if we were gonna tier this out, I think that's I'm comfortable with the Cordiero, McCall, Preston Stone, and I think Casey Thompson would be the beginning of the next year after that. So, all right. Anything else on Utah? Um, Jalen Glover. I don't think we need to really rank right now. That's a later name oh jaquindon for cff oh yeah probably pretty good yeah probably like 18 19 yeah oh no points per game points per game oh yeah 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 i could see jalen white outperforming him but i can also see him outperforming jalen white but i think i think that's a, a good good range for him i could be talking into putting him three spots higher or three spots lower <laughs> you know like Marquise Crosby is just staring at me there. I'm like, I think he's going to be close to a 20 point per game player. Um, yeah, all right, I'm, I can live with that. What do you got? What's your first team? Uh, Washington, I believe. No, Oregon. Oregon is my first team. Um, same thing as Washington, basically. Um, because <laughs> Oregon returns their starting quarterback in Bo Nix, who just mm-hmm. went. 
294 completions on 409 attempts for 3,600 yards with 29 touchdowns on just seven interceptions. Um, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, even with his, you know, poor performance in the past in the SEC, he's found a home in Oregon with, um, with, um, gosh, the dude's name is escaping me. The former Georgia OC, whatever, uh, DC, Dan Lanning, Dan Lanning. Um, so, um, Bo Nix, definitely one of the uh, better quarterbacks for CFF and for Debbie uh, in the country. And then in the running back room, they return both their star running backs in Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington. Um, Irving, more of the um, 1A to Whittington's 1B. Uh, Irving had 1,058 rushing yards last year with five touchdowns, added 30 receptions, 300 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. Meanwhile, Whittington with uh, 780 rushing yards, five touchdowns, 20 receptions, and the receiving touchdown. Um, definitely a 1A, 1B situation there, but both of them are pretty um, pretty useful in CFF leagues, I would think. Uh, Irving, probably almost a weekly starter. Whittington, you know, that bi-week fill-in type guy. Um, Interesting to see what what our take is on them and Devi, as you know they're both pretty small backs. Um, mm. Could be hard to, for them to succeed in the NFL. And then um, also in the, in that running back room is rising sophomore Jordan James, a high four star last year, highly touted recruit. Last season, as a true freshman, he had forty six attempts and five touchdowns. So they used him on the goal line. He is. Definitely the biggest back in the room um, could once again be that pounder role and could maybe see some more attempts going into his second season, which would just make this running back room even more annoying for CFF. Um, and they got a good freshman too. They got a couple good freshmen. Dante D D Dowdell is a high four star who was committed to Ole Miss earlier in the cycle, ends up at Oregon, and then Jaden Lemar, also ends up at Oregon. Both guys, four stars. Um, not really huge names in the C2C community, but 24-7 um, liked them both. So uh, could be some interesting additions there. And then moving on to the – what's that? Some hype. Some people like Dowdle. I mean, he's a workhorse-sized guy. He was great in high school. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um and then the wide receiver room, the big name to know is Troy Franklin. Um, I believe he's a rising junior now. Just broke out last season with 61 receptions, 891 yards, and nine touchdowns. He um, is pretty much expected to be the wide receiver one and probably will be. Um, and then they decided to kind of rebuild the rest of that room via the transfer portal. They added uh, Gary Bryant Jr. from USC, which is the least interesting of the three names I'm about to say. And then they added um, Tez Johnson from Troy, who's a uh, kind of a small statured five foot eight, I think, wide receiver, but was incredibly productive at Troy. Had some huge games for them, and will probably slot into that slot role at Oregon. And then they also added Treshawn Holden from Alabama who will, uh, seems to be the likely starter across from Franklin. Uh, so you're looking at Franklin, Holden, and 
Johnson starting for those three. Catching passes from Bo Nix. And then at the tight end position, Terrence Ferguson ended the season last year with 32 receptions, 400 yards, and five touchdowns. Nothing to scoff at, but um, not a huge role for the tight end in this offense. Yeah, um, I love it. I think these guys are going to be pretty interesting to rank. I kind of threw them into where I would put them as you were talking. I mean, I think Bonex is the Debbie QB1 so far. I mean, I guess we could argue Irving next. I'm, I would be a Knicks guy over that just because I think he's done more and kind of, uh, you know, just the rushing upside with him. And I think he's just got more buzz in the national media. I'm not saying I think he's actually better than rising. I think that's arguable. I mean, we saw three really bad years of Bo Nix before we saw one good yeah. year. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just feel like he's gotten more hype so far. So where are you at on these three guys? To your point, Nix, um, I forgot to mention, 510 rushing yards and 14 rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, definitely a big part of his CFF output last year was his 14 rushing touchdowns. Um but, yeah, I, I like where you have these guys. Um, I think Jordan James is probably RB4 on the Debbie list, uh, maybe RB5. Okay, I didn't want to be too aggressive, but, yeah, I'm putting those guys ahead of everyone after Frank Gore, really. I just – maybe like a C. Bangura, Samson Evans really has or, some kind uh, of – Or Ali. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think I would rather have Jordan James than, like, Dubar. Oh, oh I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I'd put them right there. I just didn't want to. Um, I wasn't sure where you where you were going to be at on them. And I think Dowdle. I mean, it just depends on your tolerance with freshmen, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I think on pedigree, I think he belongs here with Jorah James. Um, maybe a couple of spots lower, just because he hasn't gotten on the field yet. You know, <laughs> um, but. I mean, pedigree-wise, I think that's where he goes. And what's Terrence? Terrence Ferguson, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Ferguson, tight end three. I think yeah. that's fair. Um, I think both the transfer wide receivers deserve to be ranked on the Debbie side. Um, I like Tez Johnson more, but he's five foot eight. Um, I. Yeah, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's got too much. Gary he's he's the P five version of Ashton Hawkins. Uh, what's the difference between him and Gary Bryant? Gary Bryant's more highly recruited. I guess Tez has done more, but he did more. Tez has done more, and he has more hype in yeah. terms of spring and. My the problem with these beats. guys is though, is it could just as easily be Holden, or it could just as easily be the kid that was there last year. So, like, what the hell do you do with him for CFF? Can Bonick support to like good wide receivers? I guess Thornton's out, but I Dickie's the only guy. Thornton, <laughs> Thornton had 17 receptions last year. I, I know that's what I'm saying, but I, I just really the, the wide receiver too there was the other kid. I don't think he even named Chris him. Hudson. Yeah, Hudson. Yeah, it, it really seems like Hudson and Coda are both taking a back seat. Um, and they combined for near to 80 receptions, so. Or 90, they combined for 90. I don't know how to do math. 80, 80 receptions. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't know. If Holden or Johnson were to break out and really take over one of the, like, a more significant part of that share, 
I could see him getting 58 receptions. Um, How do you rank him? I mean, I could see. I, I, would, rank, I, I would rank Holden above Johnson and Devi. I would rank Holden's, Holden's a knucklehead, though. He got in a ton of trouble with us. It's true, but he's talented. He is talented. He got on the field ahead of a bunch of guys at Alabama. Yeah. Is the relevant thing. Like, um, like uh, above Burgess. Because, oh, like, yeah, Corley's getting Corley. drafted. Clark's getting drafted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Honestly. And he's the kind of guy, like, if he blows up this year, he could be around four pick, around three pick. I, I kind of with you where I think Tez probably gets the work. Although I, I see, um, yeah, I see Holden as kind of like a well-rounded guy. He can do a little bit of everything, but he's not going to really, like, I don't think he's going to take too much X work from Franklin. So it's like they're all vying for slot, and I think Tez is really good as a slot receiver. He does that like yeah. He's got that always open, agile guy thing that mm-hmm. you know coordinators love. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess for CFF, I'd probably put Tez above everyone. And then, I mean, Jerry and Dicky. Where do you want to put Dicky? I, I, he's awesome. I mean, he's obviously. Oh, I think you're absolutely right for Debbie. Uh, he's receiver too. Yeah, Brian Franklin. Yeah, forgot to mention him, but Jerry and Dicky, high, high four star wide receiver. Um, the, the physical for me, is AJ Brown. Yeah, for me, he's like wide receiver four in this class, wide receiver yeah. five maybe. So yeah. definitely Devi wide receiver two among the group that we have yeah. ranked. So you throw in Tez in CFF or not? I mean, I don't. Oh, frankly, yeah, I think like um above like Tyrone Howell. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Part of this is just, you know, all my Tez Johnson shares really need to be good. <laughs> I've got a couple, although dude, he's on the board in these supplementals and I haven't been targeting him because frankly, I'd rather draft like a uh, Ricky White, uh, you know what I mean? A Trayvon Rudolph and you can get those guys in the supplementals um, or random four stars, honestly, that I think have, you know, uh, a guy a better Debbie chance. Too. Yeah, you'd have a better Debbie chance. Yeah, exactly. Because they're, you know, six feet tall. Yeah, and whatever, and have height from that high school. Could be a wide receiver one for a team on a P5 team, you know. Uh, all right. Is that it for Oregon? Did we miss anything? Oh, uh, Bucky, you cool with him there? I mean, I think it's I mean, there's not really it. many players I can argue above him. Right. I mean, Gore, Although, maybe, but it, I think Gore's slow, right? I think that's the problem. I think – it's hard to like justify right now because obviously, you know, Irving's the RB one, James is the RB three, but I think I'd rather have James and just like pure Debbie. Cause he Over profiles Irving. as an NFL back and Irving is so small. I don't know though. I mean, freaking A chain just got drafted. Ir- Irving is legitimately fast, probably not like four three two fast like A chain, but James Cook, like Irving's done more in college than James Cook did. Why can't he get drafted? You know, yeah, yeah. And I just said he's he's his tape's good, you know, and he's really productive. I mean, over a thousand yards in a timeshare. The other kid, I don't think we really need Whittington. I don't think we really need to talk about. I mean, I think he's a good college back, but if he he needs Irving, well, we, should, I, we should rank him on CFF. 
Yeah. Like even as a two, he's worth something more than you know. I'm not taking he's him over. Safer Eldridge. than Sean Dollars. He's yeah. That's where I'm interested. Kyrie Robinson. Like Keyshawn King. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Anyone in that range, I just don't give an f about. I wouldn't put him over Cooley though, because I think Cooley's got like serious upside. Yeah, it's just kind of like a like a safety thing. Like you know, Whittington's gonna have points. These guys below him, I they they could. <laughs> A 10-point-per-game guy is just a roster clogger in CFF, though. Um, and we could spend an episode talking about that. But All right, <laughs> my next school is Colorado. Really freaking exciting. Obviously, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Deion Sanders is now the coach, Colorado. Massive exodus. Like, everybody that played for them last year left, either because they didn't want to be part of the circus or they just knew they were going to get replaced. Um the big, you know, the biggest thing to talk about is probably his son, Shader Sanders. Uh, is going to be the QB1 there and apparently looked awesome in the spring game, put up serious stats in the same game, spring game, like a high completion percentage, 70 plus, 300 yards, a few tutties, just looked the part. Everyone said, you know, you know, maybe they're trying to get up Dion's skirt, but all the beats said that, you know, Shader looked the part of a, you know, a P5 guy. He's got some NFL draft hype. I mean, he's Dion Sanders' kid. Like, he could be bad and still get draft hype. But it, there's a realm where it's legitimate and, and he's actually, you know, able to play football at that level. That's not outside of the feasible. So I think he's, he's a guy you got to know. And after that, I mean, if Shader's good, Colorado's offense is going to be good, probably, right? But after that, yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of coaching, they they brought in the former Kent State head coach to take a downgrade to be the OC at Colorado. Um, obviously, Kent State had some huge success with Dustin Crum and Colin Schley, Devontae Walker, Isaiah McCoy, like all kinds of CFF studs. So if that works in the Pac-12, then we, we could definitely see this offense being something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's more likely than not that there's going to be some serious value um, from Colorado. But like we said, it's kind of wide open. I mean, the only other name that people talk about and that gets drafted early in supplementals is Travis Hunter, who played some wide receiver in the spring game, scored a couple of touchdowns or scored a touchdown and then switched over to DB where he locked down all the other wide receivers. And that's like... What we know about him, what we know about Travis Hunter is that if he played wide receiver, he'd be an early round NFL wide receiver. And if he plays corner, he's probably a top 10 pick. (laughs) He's probably playing corner, you know what I mean? Um, So does he play enough wide receiver to give you value in CFF? Eh, I mean, it's worth taking a shot, right? But I can't say I'm playing full-time two-way because he just putting himself out to get hurt. And I can't see him wanting to play a ton of wide receiver snaps because he probably makes more money as a cornerback in the NFL. So I have not drafted any Travis Hunter in my supplementals. I will let someone else have a roster clogger. Um, I, I sort of he agree. Goes, he goes early. He goes yeah, early. Yeah, that's the issue. The value isn't there. Like in a vacuum, if I could have Travis Hunter in the last round, I'd probably take him. But yeah, right. So yeah. After Travis Hunter, the wide receiver room is just like a mess of transfers. Everyone that was in transferred out, and there was some names there that were kind of interesting. 
Uh, Jordan Tyson, we'll talk about when we talk about Arizona, but he was good. He was a, you know, by all my standards, breakout as a true freshman last year. So he's a guy that I'm interested in. And then Montan's Lamonius Craig, I'm probably butchering that, but Montana. Yeah, Montana. <laughs> you had a typo typing it in. <laughs> um, he had a ton of hype. He was the guy the beats were glowing about in the spring game primarily. He had like three touchdowns, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On on big plays, right? But then, but like the week after he in, went to the portal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, putting on a showcase for the portal. Yeah, it's probably what he put was on saying. put on the showcase on ESPN. Going to the portal, going to Arizona. God, God bless him. Probably a smart thing to do, right? Uh, so the other guy that got spring game hype was Caleb Mathis, who uh, was a true freshman, and he's not their most highly ranked true freshman. Omari and Miller is their most highly ranked true freshman. He's got hype behind him. He's got great pedigree. He was a dominant player in high school. So I think one of those guys is going to be a guy you want to own. Um, both of them go undrafted in supplementals. I think they're. this is the kind of guy that I think is an awesome 15th round pick. Like, what are you taking? Like your wide receiver 10, you know, like you need another depth option at wide receiver. Um, so I, I like – I, I kind of do the inverse this year of what a lot of people do, where they just smash Debbie early. I smash Debbie for two rounds, three rounds, and then I take CFF guys and I kind of pivot back to my Debbie guys at the end. Um, so uh, there's other names, though, to talk about. And this is why it's a mess, right? I mean, if there was just two guys and it was going to be one of them and we could draft them both, we'd be stoked, but that's not the issue here. Um, so two guys transfer from South Florida, both who are productive there, Xavier Weaver. Jimmy Horn. Jimmy Horn transferred first, got a ton of hype, didn't play in the spring game. Horn's a little guy. He's a slot receiver. He is not a Debbie guy, but if he's the wide receiver one there, I'd smash for CFF. Weaver, I think Jimmy Howard, Horn's a Debbie guy. You do? Dude, he's like 170 pounds. Who's his dad? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, his dad was a DB, right? Yeah. But still, he's like very famous. One, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so Xavier Weaver actually outproduced him every year at South Florida. So, and and if we were talking about as we were winding up here, uh, Kyle and I kind of went through the history of wide receivers in that Kent State system, and it was often the X receiver that really was the guy that produced. So. My best bet right now, I think it's Weaver, um, is probably the guy you want to own, and then maybe grab a four-star behind him. But Weaver at South Florida was worth about 18 points a game, went for 718 yards, six touchdowns last year. Horn was good, too. Horn went for, like, 550 or something. I don't know. Maybe Horn was dinged up, and he's actually a better player. But uh, these guys are worth a shot, and you don't have to overpay that much. Um, but they are owned by a lot of teams already. So I just took Horn in like the fourth or fifth round of a supplemental. Maybe it was a sixth. Weaver's still on the board. I might grab Weaver, but I'm probably going to take like Omari and Miller later and then be done with Colorado. Um, running back at Colorado also could be a mess, but we know at least Alton Catskill, who was phenomenal at Houston before he got hurt, uh, it transferred in there. He's probably the RB1. Uh, as long as he's recovered from his knee injury. And McCaskill is a guy that we had Debbie hopes for. I mean, he was that good in his first year as the starter in Houston. Uh, and I think he's like of adequate size for the NFL. So 6'1", 215. 
Yeah, two fifteen. So yeah, it's kind of prototypical size. I don't love six one, but at mm-hmm. two fifteen, it's fine. I mean, that's Zach Charbonnet, right? Um, you know, so really interested to see what he does here. He's a guy that could go back on Debbie radars if he just smashes. The other name to know, in my opinion, and this was a guy that Kyle tossed up here too, is Dylan Edwards. He's the RB eleven in this incoming class. 5'8", 160, more of a Tariq Cohen kind of satellite kind of guy. But, you know, we've seen those guys be really good to use for CFF. We've seen some of those guys make it to the NFL. I was just arguing, size doesn't matter, HA and yada yada 30 seconds ago. So, uh, I mean, 160 is exceptionally small. <laughs> he's uh, really fast. He's really fast. He's legit fast. He's, he's yeah. Devin HA fast. So, you know, he's a guy that, yeah, sure. Could it happen? Why not? And and certainly could be one of those just mega producer uh, college guys if they're throwing in the ball. That's what I got in Colorado. Again, like, I think there's value there. I'm definitely taking some shots at this, but I don't think there's any, like, locked in stone answer outside of Shader Sanders or who you want to draft there. I guess the one other guy that I kind of missed was uh, the Dallin Hoker transferred there. No, yeah, Colorado State. Oh, I didn't write down anyone. I, two two tight ends transferred out of Colorado. They got no one there coming back. So uh, they, if they do Traore for about a month. Right, 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 right. Yeah, man, that guy still wasn't on a team. That's nuts. What are you doing? Yeah, dude? that's just not good. Not a good look, you know. I mean, he's talented. I, I I saw that he was trying to play. He has to get receiver. a waiver play now, though. Yeah, that's the other thing. He wants to play wide receiver, and he has yeah, to get a waiver yeah. now because it's his third transfer before he graduated. Yeah, or and, second transfer. Um, although, I mean, I think he should really get the waiver and just be like, "Dude, that program was a mess. I couldn't be there." But um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if he's a wide receiver. What's his? What's the draw for him? He, you know, he's a wide receiver. He's he's Gadsden, right? I mean, he's around mm-hmm. a Gadsden. Like that's. You got to play big slot if you're lucky. You're not an X mm-hmm. guy. He never releases like that. So, um, all right. Uh, did you throw these guys on the sheet as I was pontificating? I'm putting them on the Devi side. I haven't gotten to the CFF yet. Yep. So, I think CFF, I think Sanders is going to be pretty desirable. Um, yeah, I put him at the end, end of that tier we were talking about, maybe above Casey Thompson. Not that I don't think Casey Thompson's going to smash, but I think Sanders was great at FCS and was great in the spring game. He's got weapons, so uh, I think he's going to be good. And honestly, like if you're Deion Sanders. You're going to give this kid every opportunity to freaking go <laughs> off because he wants to get him drafted in the first three rounds, you know? Uh, yeah. Which could happen. Sanders kind of feels like that guy to me that I'm ignoring a little bit that I shouldn't be ignoring in, um, as a Debbie guy, honestly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's, it's if it was anybody else, we'd be like, mm, can they make the jump from right. FCS to the P5? Right. And that's my first instinct. I'm like, uh, why do I care? Just because he's Dion's kid. But uh, I just feel like I might be sleeping on him a little bit much. Um, if like he, it, like if, if he wasn't Dion's kid, he's Cameron Ward, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, exactly. Really similar, uh, honestly. Yeah. Through like 50 touchdowns. He moves up like with his head coach. coach. Yeah. To, yeah. to the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Which Ward did get a good high amount of hype, too. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't know where to put the wide receivers for CFF, really. I mean, I think it's Weaver, right? Like yeah, Jordan. if you feel strongly about one, I think they'll be good. You know, top 20, well, top 30 at least, top 20 if they really break out. I mean, trade on Ruvolf, Trayvon Rudolph or Xavier Weaver. If it's a pass first offense, I want Weaver. Like, Rudolph's good, but. Jared Brown or Weaver? And just this year, I think Weaver. So, we'll put him above Rudolph. I think that's fair. I think that's aggressive, but I think it could yeah, work it, out that it, way. It is. But if one of these yeah. guys – it's really like Colorado wide receiver one is deserves to be there. Right. We just don't know who. And we'll put Jimmy Horn maybe right below right a few later. What about – Um, Hunter. What's that? What about Hunter? You doing anything with Hunter? Oh. Uh, I feel like it's fair just not to rank him, honestly, because, like, what do you – Like, yeah. I think we're both in the same boat of just letting somebody else deal with that. Yeah. All right. So I'm cool. We'll leave him off our board. We can uh, put him on our Devi cornerbacks for IDP. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the cat's well, killed you, to drink. Yeah, I, I put him right below Jordan James. I, I yeah, think that's then, fair for Debbie. But what, what do you do with him with CFF? CFF, I think I'm taking him. If we get like 2020 out in McCaskill, I think he's, you know, top 20 at least. But do we? Uh, I'd probably take. Uh, I'd probably rather have Tylen Hines in CFF. You? Where are you yeah. at on that? Yeah. But I think that's the range. Eldridge has big question marks. Vidal is a jag. Um, so I'd put him above those guys. It's a jag with uh, with carries. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, the Catskills – at least a Jag plus, if not better, and he could be in a better yeah. offense. So, um, all right. Back to you, my friend. What do you got? Washington State. No, Washington. I don't. Washington State. Yes. Gosh, so many freaking schools. They're all the same. Um, actually, Washington State is incredible, and they're my favorite team in the Pac-12, so. Cameron Ward, um, once again, returning as a starting quarterback, just transferred up last year from the FCS, from Incarnate Word. Um, his offensive, or his head coach at Incarnate Word, Eric Morris, moved up with him to be the head, the offensive coordinator at Washington State. However, he has taken the head coaching job at North Texas. So Washington State brings in a new offensive coordinator, and that is Ben Arbuckle. Um, ben Arbuckle was the um, Western Kentucky offensive coordinator last year. He was the WKU's quality control offensive coach in 2021. So he worked under Zach Kitley last year, 
moved on to be Western Kentucky's new Zach Kitley last year. Um, and if you know, if you've been following CFF for the last two years, you know that Zach Kitley offense has been incredible for CFF, for the quarterbacks, for the wide receivers, um, especially the slot wide receiver. Running backs, not so much, but uh, we, we need to look at the quarterbacks and wide receivers because last year, you know, at Western Kentucky with Ben Arbuckle, Austin Reed was the QB4, averaged 28 points per game. If Cameron Ward has that kind of, you know, um, with with that amount of attempts and that, that amount of, like, um, <laughs> that, that, that basically that amount of attempts, um, then we're looking at a quarterback who will probably finish pretty high in CFF. And um, a guy that many people were talking about it with Debbie value last year, so it could, could definitely come back into play. Um, and then at running back, um, like I mentioned, though, the uh, new coach probably going to put a damper on these guys, but they return Nakia Watson, the former Wisconsin running back who transferred in last year and led the team in rushing attempts and yards. And they return Jalen Jenkins, the um, rising sophomore who had a uh, little bit of a breakout in his true freshman season, filled in admirably for when Watson went down for two games and um, was pretty interesting to watch. Um, so, so they only combined for a thousand yards last year. I'd expect something similar this year. Uh, not really two guys I'm super interested in. Um, if one of them took over the backfield, it might be interesting. I think Jenkins has a skill to maybe do that, but the beats don't seem to agree with me, at least for this year, but maybe in 2024, we're looking at Jalen Jenkins, Washington state RB one. And then moving on to wide receivers, and this is a team that basically returns nobody. I believe Renard Bell is out of eligibility. Um, I think maybe the same with Lincoln Victor. Uh, Deshaun Stribling transferred out, went to Oklahoma State. Donovan Ollie transferred out to Cincinnati. Um, so Jake Dickert looked at his roster, said, we have nobody at wide receiver, and brought in a bunch of transfers. Um, the highest rated of these transfers was Kyle Williams from UNLV. Um, Josh Kelly came in from Fresno State. Isaiah Hamilton came in from uh, San Jose State. And then D.T. Sheffield comes in from Northwest Mississippi Community College. And he's been the one with all the hype from the beats, uh, supposedly in that slot role, in that Malachi Corley role that Ben Arbuckle used so well last year. Um, and Sheffield's the one with the hype. And very well could be a very productive CFF wide receiver. Um, other than Sheffield, uh, Josh Kelly seems to be getting the second most amount of hype. He's more of a bigger wide receiver. He won't be in the slot at all. He'll be the outside wide receiver, probably catch some touchdowns, you know, but um, won't have that type of volume that a guy in the slot might have. Um, and then tight ends pretty irrelevant. They, they're not going to use one <laughs> most likely. Um, but I think the, the players to definitely watch are Cameron Ward and DT Sheffield. How high on DT Sheffield can you get for CFF? I feel like he could be a top 10 guy, or you could be wrong, and it could be Kyle Williams, and he could be a top 40 guy. I mean, I mean all signs point to it being Sheffield right now. Sheffield or Luke McCaffrey? 
Sheffield. So you're putting him above Luke McCaffrey, above Troy Franklin, and above Sam Wiglitz. For just pure CFF, yeah. Yes. All right. That that, that role him? in that offense is so freaking productive. Yeah. If it's if it's truly him and just him, like all the beats tend to think it is, then it's worth it. Uh, do we care about any of them at all for Debbie? Obviously Cameron not Ward. Ward. Ward we do, but the wide receivers, not nah, right. Not Keo oh, Watson, no. maybe like a last, you know, like a UDFA type guy. Um, so Nikia Watson was productive last year for CFF. I threw him on the list, but I threw him in slowish. I put him behind Quentin Cooley, had a Noah winning in. Um, he was like a good point per game guy, but I think it was just all touchdowns. He scored a shit ton of touchdowns. Yeah, 13 touchdowns in 11 games last year. That'll do um, it. Yeah. 30 receptions as well really helps in PPR. That's nice. In 11 yeah. games, you know, it's nice. Yeah. Um, are you cool with him there, or do you want to move him higher or lower? I think that's all right. right. Yeah. Him and Whittington, I think, will have similar lines. It's just going to be touchdowns between the two. Yeah. And then for Debbie, I could see these four quarterbacks reshuffling in literally any any order. I could order – you know, I could see Cameron Ward going off and becoming a a day one guy, um, or he could be, you know, a sixth-round pick and a – you know, flame out of the league in a year. So um, I'm only confident that those guys are pretty much where they should be at the top, except you could see like a Pratt or a Stone go off and, you know, really, really rise above them. But I think we're going to go with what we know right now uh, on this. So, all right. I got those guys ranked and uh, launched to my next team, which looks to be UCLA. Ah. Always a favorite of mine. I feel like they're perennially underlooked by the CTC guys because they're just overshadowed by USC and, and the SEC guys. But last year had a bit of a coming out party for, for CFF with Charbonnet absolutely going nuclear, uh, with DTR being you know quite a tidy asset to be holding, uh, 645 yeah. yards on the ground. And uh, you know, many will say that Chip Kelly often can produce that kind of performance. Yeah. Chip Kelly's going to succeed in offensive play calling at the college level. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, as long as I've been playing CFF, there hasn't really been a wide receiver I gave crap out there. I mean, Bobo last year was, like, occasionally useful. I don't remember there being anyone mm-hmm. the year before that. None of the four stars that have landed there since I've been doing C2C have been okay. Uh, they've either transferred or they've struggled to get on the field, which I don't know if that's a Chip Kelly thing, that he's slow to play. <laughs> the youngsters, but um, so it looks like there's like their quarterback to start the year is going to be Ethan Garbers, who's bounced around a little bit. He was a four star quarterback, landed in Washington, and then transferred out before the season last year to UCLA. Um, I, I don't know, I mean, Garbers can move around a little bit, he's probably not anyone I care about for either side, particularly maybe palatable for CFF. Um, I do think he's got good weapons this year. I think a lot better than what um, DTR had to throw to, and I'm a little bit excited about that. Um, so I guess I'll just you know skip around a little bit and talk about the wide receivers. They got one of my favorite guys in the transfer portal. I know you're a fan too. I think you actually got me on to him. That's J. Michael Sturdivant, who is a good four-star with pedigree, uh, landed a cow, and just the – 
counting stats weren't crazy last year, but he was in one of the worst offenses in football with just like horrendous quarterback play and just made play after play, went for 65 catches, 755 yards, seven touchdowns. And he is fast. I mean, he's, he's legit. Yeah. You know, he's, he's prototypical early round NFL wide receiver athleticism. And I think I've seen enough on film to think that I can get there for him. So fair to say I've, I've, I've acquired Sturdivant in every league I could last year. Um, you know, he wasn't owned already. And honestly, I think he could be in for a blow up. Although Garbers doesn't inspire confidence in me, the system I think is a decent one. And then, of course, there is a world where Garbers does not excite and we see Dante Moore before the end of the season. And um, I mean, obviously, true freshman quarterbacks, always a tough stop. But Dante Moore is an undeniable talent. Um, I mean, I wish, honestly, Dante Moore was a year ahead because I think year two Dante Moore and J. J. Michael Sturdivant is a 1,200-yard combination. Um, but I also don't want to see Sturdivant come back for his senior year. I want to see him go to the NFL as a junior. Um, so I think there's a lot to be excited about there. Um, I think there's, there's a couple other names worth talking about wide receiver. Kyle Ford, who was a five-star at USC, transferred to UCLA, got on the field, <clears throat> thrashed a few times, but has never been able to stay healthy or put it together. I feel like it might be too late for him, and maybe the injuries have sapped uh, the talent that made him a five-star in the first place. But you never know. I mean, we're hyping up Brew McCoy in Tennessee, so why not <laughs> Kyle Ford, uh, UCLA? And then there were some interesting names that came out of the spring game. Um, Braden Pegan. <laughs> I've never heard the name said. I assume it's Pegan. He's a redshirt freshman. He was mentioned over and over again by the beats. Uh, he was a you know 6'4, 195. He's probably playing behind Sturdivant, but was apparently great in the in the spring game. It's been great in spring practices. You know, maybe he gets the field in other positions. More likely he's the successor to Sturdivant at that position. And if he's the starting X in this offense and they use the X, then he's going to be a guy that's really interesting for 2024. I don't think you have to draft him. I think he's maybe a guy to pick off waivers if you're in the open waivers league towards the end of the season. Um, and then Cam Brown uh, was a redshirt senior who, you know, seems to get a little bit of spring hype every year. He's probably the starting Z. If you're looking for a second option in the offense, probably him. I don't know if I care. I mean, I feel like, Bobo was their Z last year, and he was really good. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think he was playing at X. Um, so it could be something there. And then they had a couple of freshmen. They got the wide receiver 45 coming in from Matter Day. Always like paying attention to the Matter Day guys because if they got on the field there, they're probably better than a lot of higher-ranked recruits from other schools. And uh, 62195, he's got a little bit of hype so far. And then there's also this kid, Grant Gray, uh, who is a wide receiver 53 that's actually gotten more spring hype. So I don't know that you have to draft these guys, but they're certainly people you should be watch listing. And I don't hate the idea of throwing McClure or a gray on the end of your bench in the last round, your supplemental. I think it's probably smart because you know what? Dante Moore is a good freaking quarterback. He's going to sling it next year. And uh, someone's going to be on the receiving end of that. And uh, that person's going to be someone you want to roster. The other guy that I have to talk about here is Maliki Matabo, 
who got on the field as a true freshman at uh, Oregon as a tight end, but just has been overshadowed by Ferguson, who came in in the same class and has played a little better. We know that in prior years, Chip Kelly smashed the tight end position. I mean, Greg Dulcich, right, was was, yeah, was, was phenomenal there, uh, was a top 10 CFF tight end, and then obviously parlayed that into early round NFL draft capital. Um, Matavo, I think, is a talented kid. I think he was slowed down by an injury a little bit earlier in his career. So who's to say that he can't be the next, you know, featured, uh, you know, tight end, big slot guy in Chip Kelly's offense? Uh, again, I, you don't have to draft him. Uh, he's certainly a guy that's going to be there on waivers in pretty much every league. He's definitely a name to know because if he starts getting hype in fall practices, then, I uh, mean, I want Chip Kelly's tight end if he's going to use the position. Um, so the only guys I hear that didn't talk about are probably two of my favorite guys to actually be targeting supplementals. And um, the, the main name is TJ Harden. Um I wanted Carson Steele to be a thing. I mean, 1,500 yards last year, tackle-breaking machine, great hair. What's not to like? <laughs> it's like out of like a Norse Viking film. And yet it seems like TJ Harden, who's kind of the incumbent, Zach Charbonnet's backup from last year, has held him off. And, uh, you know, it sounds like the kid's talented. Ran for 7.4 yards in attempt last year. He's got decent size. Uh, I'm all in on TJ Harden because whoever is the lead role is probably going to get featured. I doubt Carson Steele overtakes him between now and September. Um, and uh, it's someone there is going to put up massive points. So I, disappointing because I own many shares of Steele. <laughs> and in early, early supplementals, I was hammering him. And that looks like that was a foolish thing to do. But uh, nonetheless, one of those guys is going to be sexy as hell to own. Um, what do you got on UCLA, Kyle? Anything? My hot take for UCLA: lukewarm take, even. Dante Moore starts week one. That's interesting. I'd love that for Sturdivant, man. Yeah, I don't think Garbers or Schley is really anything in comparison to Moore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he, I think Dante Moore is a lot better than both those guys right now. Or at least his ceiling is a lot better, and I think he's slightly better right now. Um, so I think more starts week one, if not week four. Um, yeah, I like all your ranks here, honestly. I mean, I could put, I could argue Sturdivant above Dickey just because he's done more. Dickey could not sure. even get on the field this year, and Sturdivant could get drafted this year. Sure. But I mean, if I'm staring down that choice at 201 in a supplemental, it's that's yeah. that's a tough choice. They're 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 right there. Like that's Dickie's kind of like the last guy I take before I start taking uh, the vets. And even then, I've taken Singer over him. I like Sturdivant more than Singer. Um, I could argue both sides of that, but I, I think it's fine either way of the ranking. I certainly think if you want Dickie, you you gotta take him there. You ain't gonna mm -hmm. hang around to two mm -hmm. away. Sturdivant could if he was available. Uh, though I really haven't seen him available in any supplementals i think he either got drafted enough as a freshman or we hyped him up enough last year that he uh, yeah 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 he so. definitely had some hype as a freshman just because of the size speed combo yeah yeah all right uh I, I like where you have all these guys i got nothing to argue about here oh tj harden could smash if he's the clear one but yeah this is Damian webb yeah yeah i mean 
as Kai Thomas is the name that sticks out. Where I think yeah, I probably, I, I'd take Thomas Harden. is like we're assuming he's the one, but do we really have any proof? Right, and well, and if like he if sucks. he's the one, he's probably really good. Yeah, yeah, but he could just suck too. He could just be not be a great running back, you know. It's so true. Anyways, it's I, I true. take I take both of those guys in supplementals, but I take Harden ten rounds earlier. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the Devi side, though. True. I mean, one's going to start a P5 program. One's going to start at Kent State. One's bounced on his third school already. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, and didn't start last year at P5 or, or didn't hold this job anyways, right? So, uh, all right, cool. Let's uh, keep keep it firing here on all cylinders. What do you got? I have Oregon State. Oregon State. Went ten and three last season without um, really much on offense, surprisingly. Um, so, like an all-around good team. I mean, well coached last year, um, but the offense didn't produce fantasy points at a at a rate that you would expect from a ten and three team. Um, the real stars of the offense last year were the running backs. Damian Martinez led the way with one hundred sixty-one carries, turned that into nine hundred eighty-two yards and seven touchdowns. Deshaun Fenwick was the RB1B uh, with 114 attempts and three less games than Martinez. Um, was not as effective as Martinez, only turned that into 553 rushing yards, but also scored seven touchdowns. Um, Jamius Griffin also uh, put, put up close to 500 yards and four touchdowns last year. And all those guys, um, none of them were really important in the passing game. So one-sided running backs with, you know, sub 1,000 yards, sub 10 touchdowns. They're all right for CFF, but they're not really special. Um, Martinez and Fenwick, to an extent, probably have some skill. Um, could maybe make the NFL, but probably not in this offense. Um, the wide receiver room is pretty ugly. <laughs> they have... Um, Anthony Gold is probably their best returning wide receiver. Uh, 27 receptions for 457 yards and three touchdowns last year. He's a fifth-year senior now, but he's really – he is a legitimately good punt returner, but he's mostly that, um, not really the wide receiver type. Um, so not many names I'm looking at really get me excited in terms of playmakers. Um, and that's not very helpful for their quarterback situation. And their quarterback situation boasts a former Devi QB1 in DJ Uyangalele, um, transferring in from Clemson, going to Oregon State, uh, lost his job to Cade Klubnik at the end of last season. And he lost his job because he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NCAA in terms of efficiency. Um, he was able to keep Clemson af afloat for most games, but Clemson was so much more talented than every other team mm. in the ACC. The defense, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not excited about the Oregon State offense in any way. Um, you know, it, it, it'd be great to see the DJU, um, you know, return and just like this incredible. Yeah, little Bo Nix. Uh, yeah, little Bo Nix action, but. I, I don't think it. there's anything there that excites me. He just me. crosses the field so fucking slow. Man. Yeah. He like statistically, like analytically, like one of the worst seasons ever last year. When you really dig into the numbers, um, 
Yeah, Will, Will Shipley saved his bacon. Just hand it to yeah. Will Shipley 30 times and you'll probably win. Or throw it to Will Shipley behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, yeah. that's where half his passing yards came from. Yeah, he 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 made an offense with like Antonio Williams, Adam Randall, Bo Collins, like a ton of guys that we like at wide receiver do nothing, and you know, K. Club that comes in and they suddenly are three hundred game. Like it's pretty obvious that DJ was a problem at Clemson. I don't think he'll elevate Oregon State. You know, he hasn't even won the job yet. Ben Goldbrunson is still. Fighting for it. Oh, no. I didn't <laughs> like, hear that. Yeah. Goldbrunson's they still bad. Love, they, yeah, Goldbrunson's bad. Goldbrunson last year, 62.4% completion percentage, nine touchdowns and nine starts, five interceptions. Um, yeah, yeah, that's rough. Um, all right. Assuming DJU gets the job, are you ranking him for CFF? Because he runs at least a little bit. But, like, I'm not putting him anywhere – I mean, I'm probably not drafting him, right? I, I don't think he no. goes drafted in this league. So he, he's, he's probably that. rostered. Somebody probably has him and has some cost fallacy themselves into keeping him. And yeah. yeah, I think I think if someone was doing a startup, I'd I'd have him in that like Braylon Braxton range, right? Like I'd rather have Mikey Keene from Fresno. I'd rather have Cole Snyder than you. <laughs> Harsh, harsh words, Kyle. Um, I'm going to have to copy and paste DJ Ugalele from somewhere. Whatever. We'll just call him DJ U. We'll fill that in later. DJ U. Um, uh, so I, I like Damian Martinez, it seems like, more than you. I mean, he's he's got requisite size. He broke out as a true freshman ahead of some other guys that weren't like world beaters, but were veterans, had moved around, some portal guys. Uh, I mean, I don't. We'll. I think we'll find out this year who he is. But I, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at him like he's a Debbie asset and desirable one at this point. Not like, you know, a top twenty guy. But um, I'd rather have him for Debbie than Frank Gore. Oh yeah, yeah. He's I'm a lucky here. Martinez is, is um, tough because just he's he's actually like the size of an NFL back, and Bucky Irving isn't. So would you rather have him ahead of Irving? I could go either way. I'll let you choose. I'm going to put him ahead of Irving just because of the profile, honestly. If Damian mm-hmm. Martinez does well this year and Bucky Irving does well, Damian Martinez will have more value, right? And then Yeah, first, and they could both have very similar seasons except the issues in, in terms of CFF, at least the issue is that Irving will have 30 more receptions. Exactly. So I put Irving one spot ahead for CFF, but uh, and, and he's in that range. Ontario Brown, I could argue, maybe you'd want ahead of Martinez, but Marlon Gunn, I don't know. I mean, Martinez could go for a thousand easily this year. Uh, the kid that was like a if they can score game. more touchdowns, I, I can see it, and and so, maybe if. But the the other issue with touchdowns is that Fenwick is like six two two thirty. So you think he's a goal line back? Yeah, I, think I mean, they both had seven touchdowns better. last year. But Fenwick's coming in with three years of experience. Martinez was a true freshman. Martinez is going to seize the backfield this year. I'm not worried about Fenwick. I mean, yeah, sure. Like, they could have a Stone Age coach and get locked into that paradigm. This guy's going to take all the goal line carries. But I don't see it playing out like that. Um, but it could. You're right. It could. So um, Jack Coletto last year had 27 carries and six touchdowns. <laughs> uh, 
Is there anyone else we care about here for CFF or Debbie at all? Um, no. Oh, Aiden Chili's. Um, in oh, terms yeah, of freshman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aiden Chili's the freshman quarterback headed over there. He's six foot four, one ninety five, a true dual threat guy. Um, proved in the spring game that he's a playmaker. Um, ranked by twenty four seven as the QB twelve in this freshman class. I think most of us in the, kind of the C two C community have him a tad higher, like QB eight, QB nine. Um, so. He's definitely a Debbie guy. He won't start this year, unless DJ really shits the bed. But um, Chili's or Ward for Debbie? Chili's or Ward? I think Ward. Um, yeah, that's where I have. I think I think Chili's I, in Green is more of a question than Chili's in Ward. Um, we, but we, I'd probably take Chili's. I I, I take the upside. Um, do you rank him for CFF just as like CFF Dynasty? I mean, CFF Dynasty. I'm taking. Are we doing? Are we doing CFF Dynasty? I don't think we have been. Let's just assume or not. Assume it's seasonal. Um, So you don't need to really list him unless you think that uh, Cole Branson and DJU are both bad enough that he takes over midseason. I do think they're both bad. I'm not sure if they're bad enough. We'll throw them in there in the Basilac, sub-Basilac range, Carter Bradley, just in case. You know, but yeah, he he doesn't get drafted in our best balls when we do the 40 rounds or whatever, so – um, let me ask you this, Kyle. We're an hour and 10 minutes in, and we've done half the schools. <laughs> Do you want to forge on, or should we split this like we kind of talked about splitting episodes? I don't care. I got nothing to do. It's Sunday afternoon, 6.15, but uh, who's watching a two-hour episode? <laughs> yeah, we've got through, we got through we got also seven. Split them. We could record. Six? We went through exactly six. We could we could yeah. do the recording, split it, release two episodes, but it's a live stream. But I could I could chop it and release it as two separate episodes. I think we call it. All right, I, I'm totally happy with that. Also, I think there's a lot to talk about in the, what we have left. I mean, yeah, USC, I mean, USC yeah, BYU, Washington, Washington, all full of Debbie talent. Um, so yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, maybe reconvene in a couple of days or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, we wrap this up. and Well, so, you know, that's six of the Pac-12. Um, our next episode will be six of the Pac-12 and BYU. Um, because BYU. We, needed, we needed somewhere to put them. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think we did – We the quarterbacks um, – well, I, I can't really say. I was going to say the quarterbacks in the Debbie ranking surprised me a little bit, but they don't because we just got to the P5 and <laughs> the other comparisons are all, you know, G5 guys who aren't getting, um, you know, the, the cameras in front of them as much as these guys. So, Yeah. I, yeah, like I said, there's there's some G5 guys that could take the leap. They could have a Malik Willis-type rise there. I mean, obviously Pratt, Stone, Green, Warner. Yeah, Green, all those guys could could pull pull some pull some you know limelight this year and and, and get get drafted at some point, um, get some hype, you know. But I, I think we gotta be conservative until you see the national media start to hone in, and or you do we just see a guy go nuclear, you know? If Green starts throwing for three hundred and fifty a game this year and running like, yeah, we'll start talking about him as a legitimate NFL draft pick. Uh, you know, same thing with Pratt or. Thin, 
you know, like it would probably happen. Like it usually does, whether it's Willis or Ritter or whatever, but we just have no idea who. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So slow, slow play it for now. Those guys are all probably owned. I mean, Taylor Green didn't make it past the fifth or sixth round in any supplemental I've done. Pratt's been owned. Warner, I took in like the eighth round in every league. Finn, Finn got taken last year. So, yeah, I mean, uh, not a lot of ground to really dig into on the supplementals of those guys. But um, let's say if you guys followed along with us so far, we appreciate your time and attention. As always, we hope this big board is a useful tool. It's up on my Patreon, or you could DM me or Kyle, and we will send you this. We're excited to share the tools we're building. I mean, I don't know you, Kyle, but I, I've been using this in all my supplementals because even just the G5 guys were super helpful to have laid out, mm-hmm. ranked, place I can pull them off. I mean, it's so easy to let like uh, Jalen White slip through on a supplemental, right? Or like a Frank Peasant. Like, those guys were unowned in a lot of leagues. And, and those are people that can help you win some money this year. Uh, so, you know, shoot, shoot us a line. We're happy to share the tools. That's why we're doing this. It's also up on the Patreon, the, you know, my other big boards and stuff like that. And, of course, if you followed along, please like, please subscribe. We need your support. We want to pump the YouTube numbers up to the point where we can uh, do a little bit more with it than we are right now. But uh, that's it. We're, we're glad to have you. And, Kyle, I'm glad to have you. I'm glad we were able to make some time today and get some recording done. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Got any parting shots? Um, Cameron Rising QB four next year. What? That's psycho. You're you're a madman. It could happen. Could happen. You know? Why not? I feel like every year one of these guys that's been like a steady Eddie starts to get some the Desmond Ritter, right? Starts Zach to get Wilson. some hype. Yeah. Well, um, like Wilson was more of a. He was like a sexy, like you know what I mean? Oh, like a superstar talent. Whereas Cam Rising is just like. Dude's a baller. Just smash his head against a brick wall a dozen times. It's going to help his team. You know, he goes to the Manning passing camp with all the other quarterbacks, and he wins the MVP. Something, Something's there. Yeah, yeah. All right. I appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll cut it loose for this one, but we'll see you guys next time. Enjoy the fourth. <laughs>